Um, stop by, see us. We'd love to get to know you. Um, we love people. It doesn't matter who you are. We love you. We thank you for uh, allowing us to be here. Um, we have some cards on that table. Just has a brief description of what we've done, what we were able to do. Just a brief synopsis, what we're planning on doing when we go back. Has some pictures, has a picture of our family. Um, we need prayer partners. Yes, we need we need funds to go back, and that is important also because without your support, that way we can't go. But most of all, we need prayer support. You may say today, well, I, can't, I don't have very much money, and I can't really give you anything monetarily. You can help us pray. You, if you can't do anything else, please help us pray. As Noah was saying, we're getting ready to go into a city that's never been evangelized. Um, we're going to be fighting demons. We're going to be we're going to be plowing new ground, and um, we need your help. We need you to cover us in prayer. So if you would, please just stop by, grab one of these cards, and take it and put it in your Bible, put it on your refrigerator. If you have a designated prayer place, you call it your prayer closet, and you have uh, things there that remind you of things to pray for, put this with it. And please remember us in prayer when you go to the Lord in prayer. Amen. The way this church worships, I'm sure that you all are prayer warriors. Amen. And we need you standing behind us in prayer as we go back to Botswana, endeavoring to start a new work there. Amen. In the city of Palapie. Amen. I know it's getting late. Um, I'm not, I'm, I've got a message together, and I'm going to try... Uh, not to be very long this morning, but God has a way of confirming his word. And everything y'all have done this morning has gone perfectly with what God has gave me. So I know God wants me to get it out this morning. So I'm going to preach to y'all for a little while if y'all will allow me to. Amen. And I thank you so much. Um, to my wife and children for doing such an excellent job this morning. I appreciate you today, and I love you from the bottom of my heart. Amen. Let's go to Psalms 91, Psalms chapter 91, and we're going to read verses 9 through 15. Psalms 91, verses 9 through 15. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation, there shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling, for he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They sh shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and adder, the young lion and dragon shalt thou trample under feet. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high, because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we love you, God. You are so awesome. 
Lord, I thank you for this people. I thank you for this church, God. Lord, I thank you for their desire to worship you and praise you. God, I pray, Lord, that you would anoint them today, God, that you would bless them, that you would bless them in a mighty way, God. Lord, I pray, God, that you would minister unto them today. God, I pray, Lord, that you would anoint my heart, my mind, my lips of clay, God, as I deliver the word to this people. God, I cannot do it without your help today. But God, I pray, Lord, that it would go into their heart, that it would go into their soul, God, and that it would help them, God, as they would they desire to walk closer to you today. We give you praise and we give you glory for you are so awesome. In Jesus' mighty name we pray and everyone says amen. amen. I want to preach for a little while on this topic, God's divine protection. God's divine protection. A little bit about myself this morning. I grew up in a small town in Illinois, uh, South Central Illinois, called Kimmundy. Uh, if you take 70 straight west of here, get to Effingham. And if you would take 57 south and go about 35 miles south of Effingham, Illinois, you would find the, the community, uh, the village, the town of Kimmundy. And uh, I grew up simply. Uh, we didn't travel a whole lot. Extendedly, we've done some traveling within the state of Illinois and a few of the the surrounding states, but not a whole lot. I could probably count on both hands um, how many states that I have been in of the fifty and have several fingers left over. And so, um, when God opened up the opportunity for us to travel internationally and go to the country of Botswana, it was the first time that my wife and I had ever been out of the country. First time we'd ever had to apply for a, for a passport. The first time we'd ever flown in a, out of a major airport. We had never done any of these types of things. Uh, the first time and the only time previous to that that I had ever been in the, off the ground was uh, when we went on our honeymoon. We went to Pigeon Forge and we took like a five-minute helicopter ride that was way overpriced. And so that was the only time I'd ever been off the ground. And so my wife had had a little bit more experience in planes. Uh, she grew up more in central Illinois, about 45 minutes south of Springfield. And the town that she, community that she grew up in, they had a small airport. And once a year they would have an event and they would have all kinds of doings at the um, uh um, at the airport, and then they would offer uh, rides and the little Piper Cubs, the small uh, prop airplanes, and she went up a few times as a child um, in one of those airplanes. But other than that, we had never been off the ground, so we had never been thousands and thousands and thousands of feet above the ground. So here you find this country boy. I knew I grew up in town, but basically it was a farming community. So here this country boy and this country girl, they we get in a plane, we fly uh, over 20 hours land in the country of South Africa with plans to drive to Botswana. Now, um, we're a family of five, and so, and as you can see, my boys are not really small. They're pretty good sized, and though they were smaller then, they were still pretty good sized boys. And so, um, 
and plus we had a lot of luggage. We were carrying uh, two checked bags plus our carry-on bags and our personal bag on the plane. And so um, just a normal everyday car wasn't going to cut it. Well, what we didn't know is when we planned to land in South Africa, there was a conference or something going on, and we could not rent a large vehicle. And so uh, we had to rent two. We rented a little uh, Volkswagen Polo, and then that was a six-speed. That was mine to drive because I can drive a standard transmission. And then we got a little Toyota Corolla for my wife. And so we laid all the seats down in the Polo and made it our cargo vehicle, and we had that thing stuffed as tight as I could stuff it. Barely had room for me to drive. And then my wife, she took carry-on bags, a few personal bags, and threw them in the trunk of the Corolla. And um, the Longs, Brother Michael and Sister Lisa Long, the, the host missionaries, had graciously sent us an African uh, GPS with us. And so we decided that when we got there, since we had to take two vehicles, that we would rent a GPS from the car rental agency. So we do this. And we get in our vehicles, and we take off out of Johannesburg. And Johannesburg is not a small place. It is very huge. It is very large with all kinds of interstate stuff going on. And we also did not realize we had phones that were on contract phones, but we didn't realize that the phone company also had those locked. And so when we got there and tried to change out the SIM card to an African SIM card, it would not work. So we had no way of communicating. We were in two separate vehicles with no way of communication. And so we take off. Well, my wife decided she was in the lead, and she decided that we needed to eat before we left uh, Johannesburg because we didn't know where we were going. We didn't know what was going to be along the way. And so she decided we better eat before we get out of the city so we don't get hungry on the way. So we stopped at all places in South Africa, McDonald's. <laughs> and so <laughs> we get into McDonald's and we order our food and this bum comes in and he was belligerent he was wanting money and I kept trying to tell him sir I don't have any cash and he would not take no for an answer and so um, finally management shoot him out of the way and got him ran him out of the, the restaurant and um, we got ready to leave my wife had told me she had originally taken the um, the GPS from the um, car rental agency and she told me, she said, I really don't think my GPS is working correctly. It just doesn't seem to be working right. And so I said, well, the one that I have seems to be doing okay. It was the longs, but it was a little bit harder to read, a little bit older of a machine. And I said, um, why don't you take the longs? That way you'll have the one that's working correctly, and I'll take this other one. And so we swapped GPSs. And uh, they have people in South Africa that self-designate themselves to do things for, for tips to earn a living. And so they had a valet in the parking lot of McDonald's parking people's cars. And so um, the, uh, she, we get everything swapped out. Patricia backs out and takes off. Well, the valet decides that this other couple, I was moving too slow, and he moved another couple out behind her. And then moved me out. 
Well, by the time I got out of McDonald's parking lot, she was nowhere to be found. Nowhere to be found. And so I'm thinking, now what do I do? Well, I guess I'll follow the GPS. So I start following the GPS, the one that she said didn't work. And I ended up back at the airport. So I found somebody to help me, and we thought we had it figured out. And I took off driving, and I drove, and I drove, and I drove. And I was on a tollway going out of Johannesburg, so I'd go underneath these big old things. And they had it set up where it automatically charged a little uh, electronically, would charge it to my account at the car rental place. So every time I go underneath one of those bridges, it go beep. I go down another Oh, however many kilometers, beep, and uh, I didn't have to pay or didn't have to do anything, but I finally I pulled over and I said, uh, I asked this lady that was, I didn't have to interact with anybody, but I was finally to the point, okay, I got to ask some questions here, I got to figure out where I'm at, and so I asked the lady at the toll booth, you know, am I going the right way to go to Botswana, and she said, yeah, so I, beep, beep, you know, I was going on down the road, I finally decided, okay, this GPS isn't working. And I'm country enough boy to know how to read a map. I need to find a map, figure out where in the world I'm at, because I have no clue. So I pull off the road. I get to this gas station. I walk inside, and I ask this gentleman, do you have a map? And he looked at me like I had fallen off the earth, and I was speaking a, a weird language. I was a Martian or something. He looked at me, map? Map? Me no, no map. Do you have a map? No. Sorry, sir. Me cannot help you. Okay. I get back in the car, and I get back in, get it back on the, on the tollway. And I go down, about 10 kilometers down the road, there was a pull-off, but it wasn't an exit. It was more for tourists or maybe like a rest stop, but they had a, a gas station, a restaurant, and um, a place for you to wash your car, different things like that. So I pulled in there, walked in. And I went up to the ladies at the counter, and they must have been able to tell by my countenance that there was something wrong. And may I help you? I asked them first off, do you have Wi-Fi? Because we had set up communications on our phone that we could use Internet connection, whether we had um, other connection or not. I figured that way I could at least get a hold of somebody in the States that I could talk to and you know, let them know what was going on. And so ask them if they had Wi-Fi. And... They talked among themselves, and they went and got, and I don't know if it was the owner of the establishment or if he was just a manager, brought him out, and I explained to him. And in the meantime, I saw an atlas sitting by the counter, by the cash register. I said, I need one of those. And so I got the atlas, and the gentleman graciously made an international phone call so that I could get a hold of Brother Long and let him know what was going on. And so Brother Long was like, he about panicked. And he was like, no, you're going the wrong direction. You're going the wrong direction. You got to turn around and go back. And so, long story short, we were separated for 18 hours without knowing where the other one was. Had absolutely no clue. And my wife, she had the boys, and child trafficking is such an issue in South Africa. She had the boys by herself, and no one would help her. She would go in, luck, by the grace of God, she had the correct GPS, and it took her where she needed to go. But um, 
What I'm trying to tell you today, it doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter what you're doing. If you're in the will of God, God knows where you're at. He knows where you're at. He knew where my wife was. He knew where I was. Uh, long story short, um, I ended up going to the wrong uh, uh border crossing but when I got to that border crossing there was a young lady there I don't even know why she what what she was doing there she was behind the counter she turned her phone into a hot spot I was able to get a hold of brother long who in, in turn helped me get a hold of a local pastor in Botswana to let me know that they knew where Patricia was that she was at the other border crossing that she was safe I got across the border into Botswana before the border closed but it was too late for me to go to the other border and get her so I had to spend a night in the capital city by myself they stayed in the vehicle uh, by themselves at the border post um, and I was able to get to them the next day but throughout that whole situation I, at first I was I was almost panicked I really didn't know what to do I, 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 I was praying the whole way, God, protect my family. God, be with my family. Watch over my family. Keep them safe. And uh, the farther I drew, drove, the more I had a peace. When I finally got to the point where I knew that I was headed in the general right direction, I finally had a peace. You know what? Everything's going to be all right. Everything's going to be okay. I still had not talked to my wife. I had still not made contact with anyone that knew where she was at. But yet I had a peace in my heart that God had everything under control. And as long as I could get to the border... And as long as I could get in contact with the right people, everything was going to be all right. That was a situation in my life that I had to totally rely upon God. I, had, I did not have a clue where I was going. I didn't know where to go. I didn't have, when I finally got the, the atlas in my hand, I at least had a clue where I was headed. And I could follow that atlas and I could figure out and I could watch the road signs and I could end up where I was going. But yet I had to rely on God for peace. I had to rely on God for direction. Amen. I'm thankful that He put me in contact with people that put me in the place where I needed to be that would make an international phone call. I know personally we have made international phone calls from Botswana and it costs us a dollar a minute amen for the conversation that we had made where there was one particular instance that we spent over a hundred dollars for one uh, phone call because we were needing to take care of some business. Amen. So I know what it wasn't a cheap thing for that man, amen, to dial that international number and allow me to talk to Brother Long and let him know what was going on so that he could start having the the, the ministers of Botswana start looking for my wife and for my children. And God opened that door. God made that connection. God allowed that to happen. He put me in that place. Then when I got to the border post, even though it was the wrong one, um, I actually passed the turnoff to the one where my wife was. But when I was talking to that gentleman at that rest area, he said, you need to go to this one. Well, I turned off. I literally turned off and was getting ready to head toward 
that particular border post where my wife and children were. But something told me that man told you to go here, so you need to go here. So I turned around and went to the other one. But that young lady, it was a sacrifice for her. Amen. I know it was a sacrifice for her to turn that her tablet into a hotspot and allow me to use her hot her her device as a hotspot because data there is not cheap. You pay for every gigabyte and it is not cheap. Um, if you're able to pay for internet, which is not cheap either, um, you are a blessed person. Amen. It costs um, it it costs about ten dollars for per gigabyte it, it, it's expensive it gets expensive after a while if you if you're using data that you pay for and and I am so thankful that God put me in those positions that he put me in a place amen he gives me a promise that when I'm walking with him when I'm doing his will when I'm doing the things that he is calling me to do that he is there to protect me he is there to keep me safe he is there to keep me from harm he is there to guide my footsteps amen even when I don't have a true direction even when I don't have a map in my hand even when I really don't know what's going on around me I can look to him he will give me peace he will give me direction he will put me in contact with people that I need to be put in contact with because we serve a loving God we serve a loving Savior amen <clears throat> we go through situations that sometimes we question wonder what God, what in the world are you doing? You know, why am I going through this? What, what's, what's going on? In 2 Kings chapter 6, we find Elisha. There's a, a heathen king that has decided that he's going to take the man of God out. So he surrounds a city. And there's thousands upon thousands of soldiers outside of that city. And the, the, um, the man of God, his servant, he looks at the man of God and says, what are we going to do now? And then 2 Kings chapter 6, uh, 14 through 19. It reads like this. Therefore he sent he thither horses and chariots and great hosts, and they came by night and can pass the city about. And when the servant of the man of God had risen early and gone forth, behold, an host come past the city, both with horses and chariots. And the servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? And he answered, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes and he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots and fire round about Elisha. Amen. And when they had come down to him, Elisha prayed unto the Lord and said, Smite this people, I pray thee, with blindness. And he spoke them with blindness according to the word of Elisha. And Elisha said unto them, This is not the way, neither is this the city. Follow me, and I will bring you to the man whom you seek. But he led them to Samaria. God delivered them. God had a host of angels all around Elisha. 
Elisha was in the will of God. Elisha was doing what God had called him to do. And God was there to protect him. Amen. To the natural eye, the servant, he was looking out and thinking, man, we're going to be pin cushions before the day's over with. I might as well kiss my life goodbye. I might as well make my last will and testament and put my house in order because it's over with. But Elisha had spiritual eyes. Elisha could see, hey, we're not alone. God's got our back. Everything's going to be all right. Those that are around us that are for us are more than they that are against us. And it's going to be all right. God's going to take care of us. Amen. Saying of God, I don't know where you're at. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're facing today. But I can tell you with assurity that those that are with you are more than those that are against you. Amen. There's a host... There's a heavenly host that is out there that is round about those that serve Him and worship Him. And they're here to protect you. They're here to guide you. They're here to take you through. Amen. You may be in one of the darkest hours that you've ever faced. But God has your back. God is for you. God is going to take care of you. God is going to lead you through. I'm here to tell you today that God loves you. Amen. If you're doing your best to serve Him, you're doing your best to do the will of God in your life, I'm telling you here today that God has your back. He wants to see you succeed. He wants to see you go through. He wants to see you accomplish the mission that He has given you. Amen. He's a great and awesome and mighty God. Amen. If the musicians would come this morning. I'm so thankful. I can look back at so many different things where God has kept me. This last, these, this last month, we've been doing a lot of traveling. And uh, even though a lot of people are scared to death of flying, it's a whole lot more dangerous out on these roads than it is in the air. It's a whole lot more dangerous driving down the road. And I can look back in the last week and a half of the numerous times that God has protected us. Amen. We were coming out of, uh, out of uh, Murfreesboro, Tennessee. We were driving. Um, we were heading back home to southeast Missouri, Donovan, Missouri. And um, we, we were in the hills. I mean, we were winding up and down, up and down, up and down. And uh, I had this cruise set at about 75. We popped the top of the hill, and I mean the traffic below the hill. Were, I mean, they were at a dead stop. And uh, uh, I had already kicked the cruise control, thank goodness, before I topped the hill. So I was able to get slowed down safely and, and pretty reasonably quickly. But there was a little Subaru car that was flying up behind me, and he... To the grace of God, there was nobody in the left lane, and he was able to get over there. And you could hear his tires squeal as he was trying to get himself stopped. Go, so, who knows what could have happened? He could have rear-ended my vehicle, which would have been really bad for his. But still, it could have caused harm to my family. And even last night, uh, we were traveling late. We had been in a we we had been at a business meeting and ordination service on the Urshan campus in Wentzville, Missouri. We were traveling late and we'd pulled off so that 
they were needing to go to the bathroom, and I was getting close to needing gas, so I just went ahead and filled the vehicle up while they were going to the bathroom, so we wouldn't be wasting that much time, and the markings weren't very well when I came out, so I ended up going back west instead of going east, and I had to go down three miles and turn back around. When I came back around and I was coming back, there was a vehicle that was driving, going at a pretty good rate of speed. Their front right tire, I heard it, and that car done a 360 right there in the middle of the freeway and went sliding off to the side of the road towards the center where the meat the concrete median was and I just said thank you Jesus thank you for your protection thank you for being there for us that could have been really bad had we been right there because when when that tire blew he had absolutely no control I mean you saw the smoke fly and he I literally watched that car do a full 360 in the middle of that highway you never know the protection the things that God protects us from. We are so blessed. You know, we we have a tendency to look around us and see the bad things and complain about them and say how bad things are, but really and truly, we're blessed. If nothing else, we have a hope beyond this place. We have a hope in heaven today. We have a merciful Savior that died upon a cross. He shed His blood for us. Amen. That we could have our sins washed away. Though our sins be as scarlet or white as snow, amen. I don't know how all that works, but I'm so thankful that it does. Amen. I'm so thankful that he loved me enough to die, to make a sacrifice of himself. Amen. He robed himself in flesh and came. Amen. The Bible teaches us he knew what he was facing. He knew what he was doing. He knew what was to come. He could have called for legions of angels to pull him off of that cross, but yet he chose to stay there. He chose to die for me. He chose to die for you. Amen. And give us hope today if you all will stand. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost in here today. God just wanted to assure you, hey, I've got your back. I'm there for you. You, you may not see it all the time, but I've got your back. I'm protecting you. I've put a host of angels round about you. I've got your back. Amen. You may be here today. You may be facing a storm in your life. But let me tell you, God's got your back. He's going to take you through it. I'm not going to say that it, it, it's going to go the way you want it to go. But I can tell you it's going to go by His will and you're going to look back on it someday and see where God had His hand in every part of it. Amen. You're going to see where God has, has kept you safe or you're going to see that, that that situation, even though it may not turn out the way you want it to, it turned out for your good. Amen. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Ghost, I invite you to come today. I invite you to repent of your sins. To ask Him to forgive you. I invite you, amen, to seek Him today. Amen. If you've never been baptized in the wonderful name of Jesus, that name that is above every name, that name that everyone is going to bow to, that name that every, every demon quakes and shakes, 
Amen. If you've never been baptized in that name, and as Acts 2.38 says, for the remission of sins, takes them all away, never to be remembered again. You can walk in newness of life. Amen. And He'll give you His Spirit to dwell in you that you can be an overcomer through Him. Why don't you come today?